Indeed, all praise is due to Allah. We thank Him. We seek His help and we ask for His forgiveness. We seek His help from the evil of our own selves and from the evil of our actions. Indeed, whoever Allah has guided, none can misguide. And whoever Allah has left to go astray, then none can guide. And I bear witness that there is no Lord, no deity, no authority worthy of worship except Allah. And that the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is his messenger. O you who believe, be conscious of Allah. Fear Allah as he deserves to be feared. And do not die except in a state of complete submission to him. Yesterday there was a competition about subjective beauty. About the most beautiful building in the past year. And our mosque, alhamdulillah, was one of those that was put forward. Today, we'll be talking about an objective beauty. A beauty which anyone that recognizes beauty will recognize. A beauty that is in the heart of millions. A beauty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us as a gift. As a gift, where Allah says, A'udhu Billahi Min Shaitan Rajeem, لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِّنْهُمْ Allah has definitely, without any ounce of doubt, given a huge bounty to the believers at the point where He sent a messenger from amongst them. We're going to be talking about this gift and the importance of loving this gift, right? This beauty. The type of beauty that anyone who sees recognizes and anyone who recognizes it falls in love with it. And what does Allah tell us in the Quran about this beauty, about this love? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, A'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim, قُلْ إِنْ كَانَ آبَاؤُكُمْ وَأَبْنَاؤُكُمْ وَإِخْوَانُكُمْ 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 وَعَشِيرَتُكُمْ وَأَمْوَالٌ اِقْتَرَفْتُمُوهَا وَتِجَارَةٌ تَخْشَوْنَ كَسَادَهَا وَمَسَاكِنُ تَرْضَوْنَهَا أَحَبَّ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَجِهَادٍ فِي سَبِيلِهِ فَتَرَبَّصُوا حَتَّى يَأْتِيَ اللَّهُ بِأَمْرِهِ Allah says in the Quran, say, if your fathers or your sons or your brothers or your spouses or your clan or the worldly goods that you have gathered together or the commerce, the trade which you fear its decline or the dwellings, the houses which you take, you seek pleasure by looking at it, you know, which you delight, which you derive pleasure from. If all of these things are dearer to you than Allah and His Messenger and striving in the path of God, then wait. Right? Then wait until Allah brings His command. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse tells us that if our fathers, and in the, you know, with the Arabs that these verses were first revealed to, they used to take pride in their forefathers. They used to say, Ana ibn Fulan, I am the son of so so and so. They used to take pride in their children. They used to take pride in 
the worldly, the, the wealth that they've gathered together. And even till date, many of us look at the work we've done, the positions we have, you know, the, your bank balances, the nice cars you drive, your beautiful house, and all of these things you seek pleasure in. But Allah asks the question, He says, if these things are more beloved to you than Allah and His Messenger, and striving on Allah's path, then wait, right? This is a threat. Then wait until Allah brings His command, right? So this shows how important it is that no matter whatever we experience in this world, whatever we love or whatever we feel attached to in this world, it should never be more beloved to us than Allah, than Allah and His Messenger. Also in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah says, say to them, right? Say to them, oh, if you indeed love Allah, قل, say, if you indeed love Allah, and the scholars say, this is the verse of test. This is the litmus test to really see if you truly claim, if your claim to love Allah is true, right? This is the litmus test. And Allah says, if indeed you love Allah, then follow me. So what is it to follow the Prophet Muhammad You can look at this following in three levels. There are some people where you say to them, do this, and they just follow, right? Either because they trust you or because like children, if you have children and you tell your children, do this, by default, a lot of them will just do it. So that's the first level. Those people who they're told, this is the sunnah of the Prophet, they just do it, right? They just do it. They don't ask, they don't think, they don't, you know, they just do it. There is a more mature level, which is where you understand that there is benefit in doing this. So when someone advises you, for example, don't stay up too late if you have to wake up in the morning. You understand that if you stay up too late, you will not have enough time to rest. Or someone advises you, study hard if you're going to pass your exams. You follow because you know that there is truth, so you understand. Similarly, those who know the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad they understand that in it is all good. Every single thing that the Messenger of Allah did and commanded to, in it is excellence, right? This was the Prophet sent by Allah as a mercy to us. So they understand and they follow. Then there is the highest level of those who are totally in love, those who are completely engulfed in the love of the Messenger of Allah. And as such, for them, they don't even see a choice. How can you have a choice regarding what the Messenger of Allah did? Right? How can you say it's just Sunnah? Right? For them, it's my Messenger did it, my beloved did it, I want to do it. We live at times where people do facial surgeries to look like their celebrity that they adore, right? 
Some people dress in certain ways because of the one they look up to, out of love. For those who love the Messenger of Allah, there's no choice in following his sunnah. They just do it. So it seems as if they go back to the first level, which is just doing it, but in reality, is because of their love for the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Okay. On the authority of Anas, who said that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "None of you truly believes until I am more beloved to him than his father, his children, and the rest of mankind." This is something which the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam gave us as a gift because when you love him, if the love is sincere then following him is natural. Following him becomes easy, okay? Anas also reported that the Prophet Muhammad said that three things will cause anyone who has them to experience the sweetness of faith. And one of those things is that Allah and his messenger are more beloved to him than anything else. Okay. So now we see that it's a fact of our religion, of our path to God, that we must love this messenger of God. We must love the best of creation. We must love the mercy to the world. Okay? Umar bin Khattab once came to the Prophet Muhammad and said to him that, O messenger of Allah, you are more beloved to me than everyone except myself. Prophet Muhammad responded, he said, Ya Umar, he said, none of you truly believes until I am more beloved to them than their own selves. And Umar thought about it and he realized, wouldn't I give up myself for the best of creation? Right? And he responded straight away, you are more beloved to me than my own self. And then Prophet Muhammad said, now Umar, now Umar, Al-an Ya Umar. So, you know, I've been speaking about love for the past few minutes. What is love? What is mahabba? The scholars describe mahabba as male, inclination, where you feel drawn towards something, where you feel attached to something, drawn towards it. You want to be close to it. The remembrance of that thing gives you peace, gives you happiness, makes you happy from within. So why do people love things? The scholars say there are three reasons why people might love things. Number one, because of the pleasure they derive from looking at that thing, at the perfection that that thing has. So for example, people love watching sunrises and sunset. People love looking at the full moon. People love looking at beautiful things. This nature that Allah put within us, dare I say, it makes it easier for us to love the Messenger of Allah. Because Allah didn't test us by giving us a messenger that wasn't beautiful. Allah blessed us knowing our innate nature is to love beauty. He gave us the most beautiful of mankind to love. Knowing that we have a natural tendency to love what is beautiful, He gave us the Messenger of Allah as the one to love and to follow his example. Another reason why people love things is because of its inner qualities, right? So for example, if you deem something as very intelligent or very wise, you love it because of that.
And the third reason is, well, because you benefit from that thing. So if someone every single day keeps coming to your house and giving you gifts on a daily basis, you're gonna love that person. You're gonna like that person. If someone, if all they did to you every time they saw you was just smile and say something good to you, you're gonna love that person. So if you benefit from someone, right, you love that person. So let's look at these three things with regards to the best of creation, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Abu Huraira, he said, I have not seen anything more beautiful than the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It was as if the sun was shining on his face. And when he smiled, it reflected on the wall Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Aisha was once, his wife, was once sitting with him. It was a full moon. She would look at the moon and she would look at the face of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. She would look at the moon and she would look at his face. And she said to him, La anta ajmalu min al-qamar. You are definitely more beautiful than the full moon. Right? You are definitely more beautiful than the full moon. What did the people of Medina say to welcome our Prophet? The full moon has shown over, has shown, has risen over us. Right? Because they recognize that beauty, that outer beauty, at the very least. Right? Hassan bin Thabit. The poet of the Prophet Muhammad in praising him, he said, Ajmalu minka lam aini. More beautiful than you, my eyes have never seen. Wa akmalu minka lam nisa'u. I'm more perfect than you, no woman has ever given birth to. You've been created free from every blemish as though you were created as you wanted to be created. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is our Prophet. He was the most beautiful, right? It was also narrated that Aisha said, if the women of Yusuf had seen the Prophet, it wouldn't be their hands they would have cut. They would have cut their heads off, right? That is how beautiful our Prophet was, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then what about his inner qualities? The second reason why people love, what about his inner qualities? The Messenger of Allah was the most gentle of people. He was very, very gentle. Allah spoke about this gentleness and this softness, this kindness in the Quran. Allah says, فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا غَلِيظَ الْقَلْبِ لَنْفَضُّوا مِنْ حَوْلِكَ Allah says, were it not for the mercy of Allah, which shows that a manifestation of God's mercy is that people are gentle with one another. And Allah says in the Quran, were it not for the mercy of Allah, that he made you, Muhammad, gentle towards them, that is his companions. And then he says, were you to have been harsh-hearted, were you to have been harsh, and hard-hearted, they would have run away from you. Now, this is a lesson for us. The Prophet Muhammad the best of people, if the best of people had been harsh with the best of nations, as the Sahaba were called, right? If the best of people were harsh to the best of, if the best of prophets, the best mankind, was harsh to the best of people, they would have run away from them. Then how should we be towards our 
fellow Muslim brothers and sisters and neighbors, right? How should we be? He he was very wise. He was the most wise of people. And this, many, many parts of his life would show this, but look at Hudaybiyyah. Look at the treaty of Hudaybiyyah as an example of the wisdom he had. He preferred peace over everything. He chose diplomacy in such a way that anyone looking at that treaty will think of it as so one-sided. If they come to us, right, if the people of Medina go to Mecca, they can stay there. But if the people of Mecca go to Medina, you have to return them. Where is the fairness in that? But he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he had the wisdom to recognize what 10 years of peace can do to a community of people who love Allah. So his wisdom was so clear on this day. Omar on that day was so annoyed. He said, are you not the messenger of Allah? Like, what is this? To show how he felt it was unfair. But he had the wisdom above everyone else to choose diplomacy at the time where that was right. Look at his generosity, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Our prophet was so generous. So generous that one day, one man came to him and he gave him the, a lot of sheep that filled, that were in between two valleys. And the man went back to his people. He said, oh, my people accept Islam. For this prophet spends like someone who is not afraid of poverty. Right? He, وسلم, after praying Isha one night, he stood up quickly and he ran. He went out of the masjid quickly. And the companions were worried. And when he came back, they said, what happened, Ya Rasulullah? He said, I had some money under my pillow and I didn't want to sleep without giving it out for the sake of God. That was how generous our Prophet was, Sallallahu Alaihi He gave everything, right? He gave out everything. And look at the, those who followed his examples, like Abu Bakr. When the time came to spend, he spent everything, right? These are the people. So that's the Prophet Muhammad. He was the most generous of people, Sallallahu Alaihi Look at his truthfulness. He would always speak the truth, even when joking, right? Before Islam, he was given the title Al-Amin, the trustworthy, the one you can trust everything with, you can entrust anything with, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Look at his humility, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, right? He would say, don't prefer me over other prophets, right? Don't, that this was his humility, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Even though, in another hadith, he said, Ana Sayyidu Bani Adam wa la I am the master of the children of Adam, and I don't say this to boast. Yet, in other places, to show his humility, he said, don't praise me above other prophets, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Right? Our prophet was so humble that he would, whenever people would, some people would come and greet him, he would stand up, let them sit in his place. He would take out his burda, his scarf, and put it on the floor for them to sit. He sat on the floor. He ate while sitting on the floor. That was, this is the person who, you know, if whatever he wanted of this world, all he needed to do was ask his Lord, right? But he chose humility over everything else. And look at his mercy, right? Allah says, You were only sent as a mercy to the world, right? He sallallahu alayhi he forgave people. He forgave those who expelled him from his house. 
He forgave those who tortured his companions. He even forgave the one who threw a spear into his uncle. Right? That is how forgiven our Prophet was. Sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam. Right? On the day of Mecca, where he had the opportunity, he had the power and the authority to destroy everyone in Mecca. What did he do? Right? He said, La There's no, no, no revenge on you today. Right? He said, whoever enters into the house of Abu Sufyan is safe. Someone who had been his enemy all this time. He said, whoever enters into his house is safe. Sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam. This is our prophet. This is our role model. So that's the second part. He had so many inequalities, but because of time, we have to you know, be a bit succinct. How do we, the third benefit, the third thing to look at, which makes you love something, is how do you benefit from that thing? What's in it for you? Well, his sunnah. His sunnah, sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam, is something which if you do, you yourself will find the benefit. If you eat as he ate, you will be a lot healthier. If you, if you behave, if you live in the way he lived, your life, you would live the best of lives. Sallallahu alayhi wa Also, he is a mercy for us. Right? He is a mercy for us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him as a mercy lil alameen for all of the worlds. So we benefit from him from that perspective. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yearned for us. Right? He yearned for us. He said, you know, he, I miss my brothers. And the companion said, we're here, Ya Rasulullah. And he said, no, you are my companions. My brothers are those who will come after me. They wouldn't see me. They wouldn't have seen me, but believe in me. And one, every one of them would give anything to see me. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Right? What's going to happen on the Day of Judgment? When the sun is brought near, when everyone will be in total disarray, and everyone will say, nafsi, nafsi, myself, myself, just me. On the day when a person will flee from his own brother, will flee from his own brother, from his mother and his father. On the day where we'll flee from your wife and your own children, what will the messenger do? Ummati, ummati. He will be asking of us. He will be pleading to Allah for us. Ummati, my nation, my people. This is our messenger. So we will all benefit from him, sallallahu alayhi wa Also, what is the benefit of, what, if you ever consider this, what is the benefit of sending salawat on the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa This can be a whole khutbah on its own. But enough is it to say that when you send salah, when you send prayers on the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa once, the Lord of the worlds will send 10 back to you. And I want you to try to imagine, how can you quantify God's salah on you? Can you quantify God's actions? One salah from God is enough for you. One, but Allah gives you 10. Which is why those who are in constant salawat of the Prophet Muhammad their rank is unspeakable with Allah. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. 
So what is the benefit of loving the Prophet Muhammad What do you gain from it? What do we get from it? I'll tell you a story about it. It was narrated that a man came to the Prophet Muhammad and he said, O Messenger of Allah, you are more beloved to me he said, you are more beloved to me than my family and my wealth, right? And I remember you and I am patient. I hold it in me up till, up till I reach the limit of my patience. And then I stand up and then I come to just look at you, sallallahu alayhi wa Right? To just what? To just have a glance at you. And then I remember that I'm going to die one day. And when I die, you will be definitely with the prophets in the highest parts of paradise. And if I am lucky to even get there, I will not see you. Now I want you to stop and imagine the grief that this Sahaba would have thought of. The pain he must have felt to even that he lived a life where when the yearning became overwhelming, he would just go and look at him. And then he thought, would I want to be in a place where I will not be able to see the Prophet Muhammad So he came to him and he said, what do I do here, right? I will not be, I, if I enter, I'm not going to, I, I don't even know what will happen. I, but you're going to be in the highest place, I won't see you. The Prophet Muhammad hawa, the one that doesn't speak from his own desires, he kept quiet and then he responded and he said, he repeated the he quoted the verse in the Quran where Allah said and anyone that obeys Allah and his messenger then these will be with Allah because of those these will be from those who Allah, they will be with those who Allah has bestowed his grace on from the prophets and the com true confirmers of truth, the Siddiqeen, the truthful ones and the martyrs and the righteous ones, right? And what an excellent group of people this is. And that's the real bounty from Allah. That's the real grace and excellence from Allah. That's the real gift. And Allah is enough and sufficient as someone who knows, as the all-knowing. So this is what happens when you love him. A person will be with the one who he loves. The companions, when the Prophet Muhammad said this to them, they said that nothing made us happier than that statement. Because they weren't sure, they couldn't 100% say whether their salah was accepted. They couldn't 100% say whether their hajj was accepted. They couldn't 100% say whether any of their deeds would be accepted. 
but they were 100% sure that they loved the message of Allah. That they had no doubt in. So when he said that Al-Mar'u Ma'aman Ahab, a person will be with those who he loves, that was the greatest bushra, the greatest glad tidings that they could ever have. So to conclude, in October 2021 in Cambridge, how do we love him? Right? How? How do we actually get to love such beauty? How do we attain this love? Many of us, whenever we want anything to do with this world, we're very quick to raise up our hands and ask for it in dua. But when it comes to such lofty things like this, we think we can just strive and not ask for help. What do we do? The first way is to ask Allah for it. Ask Allah to allow you to love Him. As the Prophet Muhammad has taught us, Allahumma inni as'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk Oh Allah, we ask you for your love and the love of the one that loves you. Who is the one that loves Allah the most? So in reality, you're asking for the love of the Prophet Muhammad and the love of anyone else that loves Allah. And the love of righteous actions that draws us closer to your love. So that's the first thing. If we want to achieve it right now, Raise up our hands, say, Ya Rabbi, please bestow me with this love. Let me love my messenger sincerely. Let my love be just for you. Right? And let me love him as he deserves to be loved. So that's the first thing. The next step is, how can you love something you don't know? Right? Know about him. Learn about him. Read his seerah sits in classes where his autobiography, his life is discussed. Learn about him. Because man arafahu ahabbahu, anyone who knows him falls in love with him. That's the reality. Okay? Another way to attain his love is be around his inheritors. Right? Al-ulama'u warathatul anbiya. The scholars are the inheritors of the Prophet. So if you ask yourself this question, what would I have done at the time of the Prophet? I can answer that question for you. What do you do now to his inheritors? Right? What would I have done at the life of the Prophet? The answer is, what do I do now to his inheritors? Do I strive to sit with people who have inherited from this Prophet? Do I strive to sit with them and learn from them? Right? The ulama, the scholars. Right? Also, another way to attain this love is to look at him through the eyes of those who love him, who have expressed this love in poetry. Right? If you read these poems, you taste something that they tasted. In Arabic, the word for poem is called shi'run. Right? It comes from the word shi'ur. It's called a poet. The word poem comes from the same word as emotions because poetry is a transfer of emotions into words. You're taking an emotional state of being or a maqam or a hal and you're putting these into words such that anyone who reads those words will taste something of that which you tasted. Right? That's why when we look at poems like Imam Busayri who speaks about his love for the Prophet Muhammad we yearns, we, we gain something of that love. When we look at those who praise him, and if someone says, oh, you don't overpraise him, or you praise him too much, ask them, what does his name mean? 
Muhammad, the most praised, the most often praised. Hamada is Sigatul Mubalagha. It's an extreme form of praise. Ahmad, the most praised. Right? Ahmad, that's his name. Mahmud, the praised. So look at him from the eyes of those who love him, from the eyes of those who have written poetry, praising him. Right? Like we recited earlier, like Imam Busari said, he said, said, leave what the Christians say about their prophet. Don't call the Prophet Muhammad Allah and don't call him the Son of God. After you've left that, praise him as much as you want. Right? And just give it your best. Why? Attributes to his essence, any noble trait you know. And attributes to his, to his might, any greatness or any power that you might think of. Why? Because the reality of the Messenger of Allah is such that anyone with a tongue cannot reach its limit. Right? Anyone with a tongue cannot reach the limit of the reality of this prophet. And that's why one of the poets said, Said, if I had a thousand tongues, it will not suffice. If I had a thousand tongues, it would not be enough to thank Allah for guiding me to the chosen one. So we ask Allah to imbibe us, to give us, to bless us with the love of the Prophet Muhammad We ask Allah to make us those who truly love him. We ask Allah to make us those who truly love him. And we ask Allah to accept from us.